Welcome to NGA Notable Lectures, a podcast offering a deeper understanding of all things artistic. Internationally recognized filmmaker Jennifer Reeves creates subjective and personal films addressing themes of memory, mental health and recovery, feminism, sexuality, and politics. She often uses optical printing and direct-on-film production techniques and works primarily with 16-millimeter film. It's a sort of disputed term, avant-garde film. You know, some people say experimental film, underground film, personal cinema. Like, there's this whole kind of confused but very large cloud of terms and work that like fit in that sort of category. I guess it's the category of anything that's not traditional narrative and not traditional documentary. I've been making experimental films uh, since 1990. I'm part of a long tradition of avant-garde film. In my work, I focus on creating experiences for people that can't be sort of replicated in any other art form. Um, And a lot of times they are journeys into either visual phenomenon um, or stories that deal more with uh, emotional experience and how that collides with ideas. With the time we killed, I I drew from years of uh, filming images from somebody's memory. So there's like these kind of montages of different people this character knew and different things that she had done. Like there, I had just all this footage that I had shot over the years. In trying to characterize my work, that I have these t- sort of two strains. I don't always bring together, but sometimes I do in films. There's like a part of my work that's very abstract like painting on film and doing, um, creating sort of visual rhythm and color and texture that utilizes sound to kind of bring meaning to it, that it is not just a kind of experiment in some kind of visual play, but it's something you can enter without having anything representational in the film. I'll often say that The Time We Killed, uh, it took about five years to make. What you actually see as the finished film only was really conceived in the last year and a half of that five-year period. When 9-11 happened, I started to rethink things and what, what really mattered and how could I sort of show a before and after, like through a kind of emotional story. I started writing a character that would have had this, these memories from before and that her story is that she was so horrified by the U.S. reaction to 9-11 that it sort of furthered a tendency for agoraphobia that then made her sort of stay in the house and not leave her apartment, basically. Very untypical film because there's no original script. It just kept being written by what was happening in the world, and then it was just this character experiencing it. I've done the sound design for all of my films, if there is any sound in them. 
Um, I don't write music, but do the soundtrack. It made total sense to me. Like somehow, um, sound became something more internal and something deeper. And then the visual just sort of speaks on a whole different level of association and metaphor and and distance. For this film, I used audio from more dramatic moments, like this murder-suicide or accidental double death next to my house uh, that I could hear through the window. And just bringing all these together and then writing a narrative. I did all this contact printing to create this ghostly kind of grainy imagery, you know, because it so well fit, like, the experience of memory. You know, a lot of people will say my work has this element of nostalgia to it. One person that I really respect um, and I loved how he put it said my work reminds him of the texture of memory. And so that's actually what I'm going for more than nostalgia. The kind of grain and ghost-like quality to some of the images, to me, is very representative of that imperfect memory. This has been a National Gallery of Art podcast.